Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Hi everyone, Pastor Jeff Woodward here and welcome to another fabulous Grow Session. I love the whole idea that, you know, no matter what my level of life is at the moment in every area, whether it's in my relationship with God, whether it's in my relationships with others, whether it's in areas of my character, my resilience, you know, that I can always grow. There's always more that God has for you and for I. We haven't got there yet. We're still on the journey. And so that's why I'm excited that in this session with you today, I've asked Pastor Michael and Linda Battersby to share with us about difference and about how we are created by God differently to one another. You know, the Apostle Paul addresses this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and takes an entire chapter to underline for every single one of us the fact that God has made us all unique and that that uniqueness is for a purpose. Can I say to you that the uniqueness has got two expressions? One is in our function. That is the gifts and the talents that we have, the way we interact and the way we form a part of a team, the way we serve God. And thank God for all of you that have brought your gifts and your talents to the work of God, to the the outpouring of the gospel in so many different ways and so many different expressions. I think that's fantastic. But in the other part of it, it's not just about our function. It's about our friendship, the way we relate to one another. If you haven't noticed already, every one of us is different. No one's just like you. They don't think like you. They're not motivated like you. They don't express themselves like you do. And if you and I are going to go on to become incredibly fruitful and used by God, then we need to understand how God has made us. So you're going to hear Pastor Michael and Linda talk about some of the inherent characteristics that each one of us carry. Understand that they're not speaking about this to put you in a box or to give you a label because every single one of us, I guess, depending on the environment we're in, we will respond differently. And so it's not about a label or about a box. It is, though, about every single one of us going on the journey of saying, God, how have you made me? And then how can I bring that uniqueness to your work and to your purposes? And I pray that that'll be the kind of heart that we have. So here's Michael and Linda. Lean in and listen and learn. This is part one, by the way. Uh, Part two, they're going to drill down even more into the practical and give us some of the examples. Look at some of the life of Jesus and how that worked out uh, with the disciples and their followership of Christ. God bless you. Lean in. I'll be back at the end just to share with you and pray with you one more time. Well, good evening, everyone. And uh, thank you, Pastor Jeff. It is a great privilege to be here doing our Grow session for tonight. And uh, great to have my wife, Linda, as the uh, the guest presenter, I'm just asking the tough questions and uh, Linda's going to be answering for us, but uh, hopefully <laughs> she's looking at me like, am I? Uh, there's going to be a bit of to and fro. And it, it's talking about that very, very important thing of personality. And uh, a lot of people don't understand personality. They think they haven't got one. Maybe they think they've got more than one. Uh, <laughs> they wish they were married to someone who had a different personality. Uh, the bottom line is it can actually be a real gift. And um, I believe God's called us to actually understand ourselves, understand him so that we can better serve, love and reach uh, one another and be a part of the answer. And personality is a big part of that. So that just on the outset, Linda, um, I'll, I'll be pitching these questions about personality that will help you maybe identify 
what are your preferences? What are your propensities? And then maybe the challenges of those things and the opportunities for those things. But before we, we get into the, 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 I guess the nitty gritty of that, um, I just wanted to say that firstly, there's no right and wrong personality. Um, there are different theories about personality, different profiles, different uh, psychometrics and tools and instruments. You might've heard of the, the big five by Isaac. He talks about neuroticism and agreeableness. You might've heard of the temperament um, by Kiersey. Uh, they talk about, you know, melancholic, sanguine, phlegmatic, choleric, you know, the big four based on Hippocrates' four fluids. He observed these four fluids and, and people can be like these fluids, fast, slow, hot, cold. Uh, and there's always different things like disc and different profiles, which Lynn and I, we're fascinated with this stuff. And um, so is Pastor Jeff. He's done a lot of this as well. Uh, but we're going to take it from a slightly different uh, paradigm, and it's the area of traits. So we have certain traits in our way we do life, certain traits in how we interact with people, and you, they're observable. You can see that a lot of these traits, but some of them are also internal traits that help us, um, I guess, manage life. How do we manage life and how do we interact with life? So personality traits are really important. We have different propensities that um, lead us to become uh, who we are. So Linda and the area of personality the actual thing of personality in terms of interacting in life and dealing with life and dealing with people. Why is it so important? Why is personality such a, such a big factor? I suppose personality is something that really sets us apart in really meaningful ways. And we make a lot of life decisions based on our personality. We probably don't even realize that we're doing that, but we do. So it can affect um, mm. our job what type of job we want to get or, or what we're, type of job we're attracted to, um, what, what, how many or what type of friends even we might um, have, who we marry, um, mm. where we live uh, and what, what, sort of, what sort of house or whatever we live in. Our personality can actually affect all those decisions in life, yet we mm. don't probably ever really think about the fact that personality in, in some sense is guiding our life. Okay. So, yeah, it's very important. But most times you talk about the, the type of job we get, the type of person we are attracted to or enjoy spending time with, we're making those decisions instinctively, aren't we? We're not going, hmm, I'm a sort of quiet, reflective person who likes to take a long time thinking about process. So I'm going to get a job that enables me in that environment to, to flourish. Most people are not making those intuitive connections. We're probably just, we're just drawn to certain things. And then um, obviously patterns have emerged and people have studied these patterns and so what we can well, do well, butting in when you oh, think good. about Please it do. Please do. personality is a thought is a combination of our thoughts behaviors emotions so when you think of those those particular areas it's it's a lot of who we are thoughts so, behaviors and emotions yes but but the disclaimer to that would be that we are not the uh, the pure sum total of those oh, things we also things. character values there's lots of part that the uh, unseen our family family Environment, culture uh, yep yeah our, our, our belief systems yep. Um, our choices, uh, physiology, all those other things make up a parts of her, a sense of humour. Uh, but you are born with a, a personality that develops or a temperament that develops over time. So okay. it is an innate thing, your personality. You're born with it, but you do develop. So. Okay. Okay, so personally, so we all have one. That's the yes. good news. You have one. <laughs> and uh, what we're going to do today is take a look at a particular uh, psychometric or a particular way of measuring personality traits, and that's the Myers-Briggs model uh, based on the psychologist Jung's work. He, he was a, 
um, a pre along the predecessor. He was a successor of of uh, Freud. Freud. I had a had a mental blank on Sigmund Freud. That's a bit of a that's a bit of a sad thing, isn't it? Uh, so Jung. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> so so Jung looked at these different traits and realized there's probably four major dichotomies. So these are the four areas we're going to look at today. Four areas of our life, the way we do life, the way we interact with people. And um, those four areas will help us understand maybe which side of the of the preference we are. And then once we understand that, we can maybe be a little bit more informed about um, how we manage pressure and situations and things. So I'm going to use a different acronym for this. Uh, obviously, Myers-Briggs has its different acronym. By the way, I brought these along. I'm going to show my textbook. If you if you don't like science, this is a great book. If you don't like like big thick textbooks, you would like to see something that has very simple pictures like that, like this, like a Good News Bible. Here we go. It has pictures, you know, with shows expressions and different ways of doing things. Here we go. That's where Mitch can zoom in on that. Um, but it's really good. It helps you understand. Am I like that? Oh, am I like that? Or am I like that? Uh, or maybe you're somewhere in, in between. That's a really good book. It's called Looking at Type. And that's based on the Myers-Briggs type. Or if you love statistics, <laughs> graph, look how thick that is. It's as thick it is, as, as it is wide. Um, this is a book that goes into the, the science, uh, the correlations, the data, uh, the different, I guess, um, ways those personality types can be fleshed out in different scenarios. But you we're dominant gonna, everything. The you're dominant, you're, you're inferior, uh, in the grip, under pressure. So what we're going to look at today, um, take a deep breath. Is we're going to look at four letters, and those four letters, uh, I'm going to call them G-I-F-T, which spells? Gift. Gift. So your personality <laughs> is a gift. God gave, as Linda said, gave you a personality at birth. It was like he created you to be a certain way. Okay, there's that nature. There's the nurture part, which environment and, and influence can sort of augment those things or pull on those things, but generally we, we are that, that core self. Right, so gift stands for how we get things done how we process information, where we find our energy, and finally, how we tackle decisions. So that's, what we, that's where we get the, the word gift. So the first letter, here we go, Lynn. So the first letter is how do we get things done? We can either be decisive and orderly and planned, and, and let's make it happen now, or you can be the, the flexible, spontaneous, see how we go, organic sort of style. So what are the benefits, maybe describe the benefits of each of these ways of, of getting things done? Okay, well, the first one, the judger, that's the one that that is really good at pushing a project along. They tend to be the type of person that will take on a project and keep on it and mm. eat the ele elephant bit by bit by bit until they get it done. They actually don't like unfinished projects. Um, I'm actually a J, so if um, something's Big not J finished, right if something's not finished or things are messy, it actually messes with my head. Mm. I find it really hard to think and and do anything. I want to I want to finish one thing and move on to the other. So you enjoy getting the decision made and the thing settled. It's, yes. it's decided. We're doing that. Yes, but and my style is work first, play later. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Michael, it's a bit of insight here as a P, so spontaneous adaptable, 
likes to stay op- open to opportunities. There's always there's always a better way of doing it. So let's not yeah. decide anything. So last yet. minute tweaks to the program, things like that, <laughs> will be coming from me, not from from Linda's side. Which both have strengths in their place. Yeah. Okay. So so the the judge can see something. And go. We're going to get this done. Here's a great way to get it done. Yeah. And let's let's move on it. The P can be great because they keep open up to opportunities and, and maybe tweaking things as we go. Uh, but then, what, what are the challenges, though, in terms of the relationship perhaps between, between a J, a decisive person, likes things ordered and, and structured and done, and a person who likes to keep it open and uh, you know, maybe procrastinates a bit? What are the tensions? Probably the main one for the judger. Um, they're not really open to impulse, so they don't really like – and they've they've set their way they've made the decision and they don't like mm. they don't like really like impulse in that sense or impulsive decisions and they the second thing would probably be they don't respect the perceiver who may appear to not be able to make good right. decisions or that's evaluated more quick decisions like they can so they find that frustrating well you've had we've had a thing recently i'm a the p like the, the slower procrastinator keep it open and Linda's the very decisive person. We, you've, I've, I've had some areas where I've been thinking, I want to make this decision. I feel like I've got to it now. And, you, and Linda's like, great. We can move forward with other areas of our life. And then I come back and go, I've been thinking about that thing again, and I'm not sure about that. And it's like it drives the decisive person crazy. So, so from my point of view, we'll talk about something, we'll, we'll thrash it out, we'll make it what I think is we've made the decision, um, we'll move on. And then three or four days later, Michael will come back to me and say um, about that thing. And he's back at step one. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. We've made this decision. What are we talking about this again for? See what Yet, she has to put up with you. <laughs> Yet little benign to me for the last three or four days, Michael's been thinking it again like we never had the other, yeah. the first discussion and decision. So yeah. it can be frustrating. <sighs> it can be frustrating. Both ways. Yeah. Open-endedness can be quite difficult for mm. the J. Right. So that ah, open, okay. not making a decision can be quite difficult for the J. And I suppose the, uh, okay. the, the decisiveness of the J is difficult for the P because why not, why not keep um, considering mm. options? Because yeah. there, might, keep it there open. might be Let's a keep better all way. The, all the balls in the air for a bit longer. You know? <laughs> and there might be a better way. <laughs> and sometimes there is, but sometimes you just got to make a decision and that's the best decision is a decision. Yeah. So well done. Thanks, Linda. That's uh, good. I, I know what I need to work on now. Um, I, so that's uh, getting things done. Next area of personality is how we process information. So when something's happening, are we thinking like the sensor person who wants to touch it, feel it, understand it by interacting with it in the present, in the present moment with the details of that thing? Or do we want to sit back, look at how it fits into the big picture, conceptualize about it, consider the possibilities for the future about that thing? And that's the other person, which is the intuitive person. So what are the benefits of the person who takes on the information in a very concrete way, Linda, versus the, and then the person who takes in things more uh, big picture, theoretically conceptual. Um, so the introverted, P, uh, the, sorry, the intuitive person um, will tend to come up with original ideas or original ways of um, tackling a, a project, a task, whatever. Um, they'll tend to follow their hunch or their their feeling about something. They mm. tend to be um, a more macro macro person, yeah. big picture person. Dream- dreamers. Yeah, dreamers, where the um, the sensor will be practical, they'll follow more a process, they're good observers, 
they're good at details and I always remember mm. the difference because I think this 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 preference um, um, dichotomy could it could be difficult I always think of the map the sensor mm. if you're going somewhere the sensor will get out the map and they'll plot the course and they'll know exactly and they'll stick to that course where the intuitive person will think okay it's over there I'm going there and it doesn't really matter how they get there they're looking at the big picture of where they're going not the not the detail of how they're going to get there so that's a good okay. way to consider hmm. that dichotomy good, that good, preference good analogy. so it's not to say that the person who is an intuitive person the big picture person can't be good with details because believe it or not Linda is very big on the intuitive she makes connections and can see the big picture and conceptualizes things and asks the why and I'm even bigger like that. I'm always the why and, and then the how and the theory and the philosophy of something. But we can actually, you know, follow instructions and read maps. But that, but the natural tendency of someone who is a the sensor, the, t the tactile person, they just really love, let's get that instruction manual out. Let's get the bits and pieces and let's put this thing together and really love that interacting with the here and now. Hmm. Okay. Uh, any tension that can happen maybe in a relationship, either, you know, a child, parent or teacher, student, husband, wife, when someone's very big on the intuitive side, sees these big patterns versus the sensor who needs the, the tangible now stuff? Um, intuitive people don't tend to like, like it when the sensor will come in and say, okay, practically, how are we going to get there? That's great. You've got this vision. You've got this dream. Now, I'm going to nail you down on the practical side of things. Mm. Intuitive people don't tend to like that because they want to keep the big... Don't bog me in the details. Yes. Um, Intuitive people can sometimes make connections where they don't exist <laughs> with relationships, especially with relationships and being an intuitive person myself, I'll sometimes think they did that because of that, because of that. And you make connections where they don't exist. And that can be, that no, can that, be, that, that's just cool. that can be. That's just called paranoia, Linda. And no, they weren't looking at you. Funny. <laughs> don't, add, don't think something's there. But you're right. You're, you're looking for patterns. You see things that physically aren't there, but you're, in, you're in, intuiting. You're intuiting things. Uh, I think intuitive people also <clears throat> live too much in the future. Well, they can mm, live too much in the yeah. future. Your, your life is out there. The possibilities are out there yeah. instead of actually enjoying today. Yeah. I want, li I want the person today. fixing, sorry, I want the person fixing my car, operating on my body or building my house. I want them to be a sense. I don't want them dreaming about the future. Oh, you know what? <laughs> if we move the heart here, maybe we should talk to someone about that at the next conference. No, I want them being very engaged in the moment and the, and the physical reality. All right. So that's uh, how we take in information, how we deal with information in life. Um, the next area is the Hang F. On. We haven't talked about the sensor. So okay. uh, the, the downfalls of Go. the sensor Good. person. So, uh, so they tend to not like this idea of hunches and dreams and this macro world. They tend to it's fluffy, huh? Yeah, Too it's fluffy. fluffy. <laughs> it's a good way to describe it. They tend to, to like the practical. This is how things work. And I'm going to follow this because that's how, how I, how I see my world. Um, they tend to rule out that type of thinking. Mm. So they could potentially miss out on a different way of looking at things or a different okay. way of approaching things because they've got their system already. Okay. Well, if somebody, if you've ever, that's a good, good way of looking at it. If you're, in a, if you're in a think tank or maybe a, a group discussion or a brainstorm um, and the intuitives are going, yeah, we could do this and this. And I think the sensor, sometimes you just got to come away from the, the practical, but that's not, you know, that's not practical. That's not pragmatic. It's like they've got to come out and just, just dream a little bit, potentially see other connections and possibilities. And then obviously their gift is in making the concrete things 
connect together, which is yeah. great. We need both. We do need both. I appreciate that. Okay. Can I move on to the next one now? Yeah. I'm being, I'll try to be more J, make a decision, move on. All right, so the next letter is F, where our energy, we, where we find our energy come from. So F um, is where your energy comes from. In other words, you get energy from the outside. In other words, you, when you're around people, you're energized. When you're around activities and things and stimulation, that's where you're able to get the, uh, the oomph for yourself. Or you're an introvert which is where you get your energy from within. You get away from the noise, the craziness, the busyness, people, and you're able to reflect and find that energy coming back into your soul, into your life. So they're the two big areas, internal thoughts and reflections or external environment. So Linda, this is the classic one, which everyone would have heard of. It's obviously extroverts and introverts. And it's not just talking about loud people and soft people, because it's almost more about where you get your energy from. What energizes you and what drains you? So, Linda, what are the, some of the factors of, of extroverts versus introverts? What are the benefits of interacting with our environments like that, of the two different styles? Okay, so introverts tend to be the, one, the type of people who are, live more in their internal world, their, their own thoughts, their own ideas, um, in their head in that sense, but they tend to be good listeners. They could tend to be... Um, good observe, observers of people. Um, <laughs> as far as in relationships, they tend to have a smaller group of friends but are really committed to, those, to that smaller group of friends. Mm. Um, when they're making decisions, they tend to like to take in the information, consider it in their own head and then make um, uh, form an opinion based on that. They don't like being put under pressure to generally make quick decisions this on is, the fly. This is, she's pointing at me when she's saying this. <laughs> How do you feel about this? What do you, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? No, give you time to reflect, consider, because you're going to get the energy and the insight from a lot of, from in your own pondering, yes. your own reflection. Okay. So um, what are some of the ext extrovert strengths of, of where they get their energy from? Well, they're great on their feet. Think of Pastor Jeff. Think of you. You're both extroverts. You're really, really good at speaking. You, um, when you come into a room, you'll tend to not dominate the conversation, but people will be drawn to you because you're you're interesting. Um, you what else? You um, not such a um, maybe you make people feel welcome. Like if you're in a situa a social situation, you tend to be very open and. People will be drawn to you. Um, but you've you've practiced this because I think those of you who know Linda would um, would agree. She's she's engaging. She's warm. She takes an interest in you. You make things happen. You're bubbly in a in a, in a social setting. So that's but you're doing that. You've actually what practiced how to do that. You've become more well, extra. You flex. Okay, we're, we're probably going to have to say this for another session. We're going to talk about how do you develop the other side of your dichotomy. Still be you, because Linda, you are still introvert. You get away from the crowds and you have you get in front of your you play solitaire in front of the TV. Quite <laughs> Don't TV. give away my secrets. You're with the pussycat. You're just there. Quite. <laughs> you're getting your energy, but you're able to to uh, operate and function well in an extroverted sort of uh, capacity, which is which is great and it's needed sometimes. Um, so what are the what are the pressures that can come from extroverts and introverts trying to get on? Where where's the tension come between extroverts and introverts? Well, I think I think we're a good example, extrovert introvert. Um, if we have a, a conflict, we never have a conflict, but just if we do, sometimes have a conflict. On the rare occasion, that's right. <laughs> um, you will tend to say, okay, 
as you talk, you'll become clearer. As you talk about the problem to me, it, it, your thoughts get clearer and you know what you think. And then you're like, well, why don't you know what you think? But I. That's right. I, how I, do you feel about this? Uh, and you like, I don't, I don't know. know what I feel. Like, give me some time to think about. So how I, I, ne feel. I need to almost draw away and, and mm. consider it all in my head. And then I will become clear. But there's definitely a pressure there. Um, to become, I'm buying an egg timer for, for Christmas. <laughs> I would say you have, you have you're an introvert. You need time to process this, ruminate, consider. I'm going to give you this much time. Would that be okay? Could you no. like this? No. Oh, you don't <laughs> like that. But I thought judges, decisions. You like decisions, things being settled. No. Yeah, that's that's not going to work with you. No. Okay. Uh, probably also <clears throat> in with relationships, um, high extroverts in particular love being around people so mm. much that it's that. They they'll get a bit sad if they're not around people. They right. need to they need to be with people, and really strong introverts or people that are really introverted, the opposite. They don't mm. want to be around people so much. So you can you can imagine in a marriage or a relationship, those two yeah. two styles could really repel because the introvert doesn't want to be going to the mm. party or doesn't want to be going out all the time, um, and, and the extrovert does and has to. To feel that, yeah. get that energy. Let me go and, and play alive. with my friends. Yeah. So um, it can be it can be a tricky situation. But if you know the if you're aware of the needs of another, it's the whole thing. You can people say you can have sympathy, yeah. But to have empathy, you have to understand what the person might be going through, and then you can go, okay, yes, they. I don't have that myself, but I feel like if, if I did have that, I would need that time to reflect or I need that time to get out with more friends and so you can have and informed I, empathy isn't it really I think also you're going to consider no one is a hundred percent an introvert and no one is a hundred or any of these an extrovert well, in certain situations um, an introvert could mm. appear to be like an extrovert yeah. because okay with the, a small group of friends mm. they could actually be doing all the talking and and, yeah. and getting right into it because mm. in a certain setting we're never one thing or the other we're always degrees of it well the reason i think one of the reasons why we've uh, stayed married because as being christians that's right thank you lord but, no, but more the fact that i actually even though i'm extroverted i need that energy and stimulation it's only for so much then i've got to get home I've got to get, I've got to get away. <laughs> and that's actually means that's great because Linda wants, she's like, she's ready to go. So we actually, we know we, we need that time of just recalibrating and quietness and getting the energy from within and getting away from the arousal. So that actually, it's good. If I was out there more and more, it's like, it'd be hard to get on the same pace. So it's good that we, I have that introverted sort of um, capacity as well. So in conflict, I think the I can, the introvert can seem a bit standoffish and not want to, not want to engage. Mm. Um, or even even in a party, or the extrovert can can appear like be dominate can appear to be mm. dominating, or even in a in a social setting can become bored if mm. if the conversation isn't maybe centered around yeah. them or what they're interested in. So that can be a bit of a, a a point for making friends or being in social situations. Okay, so augmenting we need to augment our style too to get on with others. Yeah. All right. So that's where we get our energy from, from the outside ex extroversion or from in inside by ourself introversion. All right. Last one. Uh, this is a T G I F T the gift that God's given you to be you. Um, and that's another whole session. We'll talk about the fact that um, a lot of and particularly Christians will, they'll judge one of these dichotomies and or even in workplaces, we value certain um, preferences, you know, a style of being more than another. And it's actually, it's not, it's not right. They're meant to all be appreciated. But going back to that, that's the thing of personality and how it will direct your life. 
you will tend to, according to your personality, be in a certain type mm. of workplace. So right. hopefully okay. that has directed you already to where where you thrive. Okay. Sorry, sorry to okay. In. So you can re you can reverse engineer and say, oh, I'm here. That makes sense because I, I am like that and I yes. am drawn to that and that's why it's working. If it's not working, doesn't mean you're, you're in the wrong job necessarily, but it means that maybe there's a, a disparity in your needs for your personality to be expressed. Yeah. All right. So the last one is T, how we tackle decisions. So Linda, the two big ways in which we, when we are confronted with a, a situation or a decision to be made is either by using predominantly logic. So thinking about it rationally, logically, what's the information, what's the data, how do we make this work? analyzing it like that, or the F, the feeler, which is responding based on the value of that thing to my instinctive, how I feel about it, my values about that, and maybe how it might affect other people. So this is a big one, and I'll have to give a disclaimer at the end of this, but the, the, the biggest difference between a thinker and a feeler, can you take us through that, Linda, the benefits of a, of, uh, like a personality of a thinker versus the feeler? Well, the thinker, as you said, is analytical, they're they're quite objective when they're making decisions. They can they can look at things. What's well, this is value laden, but in a in a sense, in a fair way, and and dissect the, uh, this situation. They can critique critique it um, in a way that they don't take things personally. They can actually be very analytical, objective. Yeah, and objective when looking at a decision mm. and making a decision. So that's, that's a real strength of a T, mm. um, whereas the F will tend to make a decision based on sometimes harmony. Um, they can be quite tactful. They're quite sympathetic uh, to people's feelings. Um, they tend to focus their decisions on people mm. and how people will feel about the decision. So yeah. you can see the T and the F, they're quite different ways of... Um, of looking at things. So that can be quite a, a conflict with people. One is quite analytical, the T is quite analytical, and the F is quite, um, I suppose, sympathetic or empathetic to people's mm. feelings and how mm. how they feel about it, what's happening. Now, this is interesting. Thanks for that. And it's, it's very interesting because you're probably thinking it sounds like the F is the more Christian nice person, right? Now, obviously, Half the world think they're about they're about fifty fifty. Isn't no, it? there's more Fs and Ts. There's more, there's more okay, but was it 60 forty percent? I think it's like more like forty five. And ladies, there's more lady feelers and okay, so it's, men tend to be a high proportion of thinkers, women feel. As far as I and the E, there's more E's and I. Don't go down. You don't want to go. Stay on okay, don't sorry. Go there. Stay on point, though. Okay, stay on the T. <laughs> so the T and more, F. There's more Fs and Ts. Okay, but the thing is, we think oh the feeler. Oh, I should be a feeler. Um, those of you who know Linda and, and, and myself, uh, you might be thinking now, a lot of people think I'm a feeler because I'm, you know, I'm, oh, how are you going? And, I, and when I'm saying that, No by one the way, makes that mistake with me. <laughs> and I think people who talk about their cats or people that come to you for counselling, I think they think you're very empathetic. And, I am. And uh, yeah, you are. But you're thinking analytically about something. And I'm, even though I've um, maybe got traits of, of warmth and others' orientation, hopefully we all grow like in that, as Christians, we want to serve and love others. When I'm confronted with a decision, tackling a decision, I go straight not to, oh, how do I feel about that? Or how might that affect everyone? I'm thinking, what's the most strategic, pragmatic, and uh, you know, optimized way of going about this? What's logic say? Well, it's not that's that you my, don't care about people. No, but, that's how not... I, that, but I'm going to care about people by going to a, like, when, like someone's crying, um, my first question is, 
not, oh, the poor thing. My question is, okay, should I get the tissues or should you get someone else to get the <laughs> tissues? So it might seem like, oh, that's, that's, that's like. Well, how, a, can I fi- how can I fix their problem rather than letting them feel what they're feeling? Right. There you go. Yes, yeah, so I feel it's very comfortable sitting down with someone and crying. You and I, we don't, we don't like that so much. We want to help them. We want to say, okay, okay well, who, who, who can I connect you with? You what can I do? Can I, can, I, can, I, can I call someone for you? Can I? But we're not feeling it in the same way. And so, so straight away, some of you who are feelers are going, that's terrible. You should just feel it. And that's, that's the same as a logical person, like a, the, the, the T, the thinker person who drives a lot of their decision on logic. It's like saying to that person who just goes, no, I just feel for you. Say, what's, what's wrong with you? You should be solving the problem. What's wrong with you? It's not really, it's not really logical, like, a, like some sort of Vulcan sort of thing. It's not very really logical. No, we need both, but we all have a propensity or a, a, a comfortability with the two. So how, how, does that, um, how does that play out in a situation and what are the... The downsides well, you can, you of can already see that um, the the T won't can necessarily consider how people feel mm. when they make decisions, and they can come they can come across as critical. Now, generally, mm. they don't mean to it; they're just really analytical. But you can see uh, with the F, they take criticism really pers- personally. So you can see already there's an issue there because one likes mm. to critique and one th- thinks they're critiquing them, and what the um, F will tend to, the filler will tend to make decisions based on people's feelings rather mm. than potentially the best decision. Right. Sometimes you can't, you have okay. to just make a decision and not everyone's going to be happy and the, the filler uh. will find that really difficult. So there's, you can see there's quite a tension there. Okay. But, but when you say we've noticed this in people, um, that someone's very quick at just saying how they feel about something and I don't like that. They should, they're not, I should, sometimes they, so you can be a feeler, but actually be a, abrupt because you're very comfortable with your feelings. You're very comfortable with saying how something should affect others emotionally and can almost come across a bit judgmental in that regard. Whereas a thinker. I'm not going there. You know, why are you going there? Because <laughs> this is good stuff because I think, because thinkers will go, I think if I said this now, that might, you know, they'll be, they'll self-censor potentially a little bit more. Like a thinker that's, I guess, well, no develops styles. some tact. No, no styles, right or wrong. No, not right or wrong, but there's a tendency that you can potentially just jump in and just say, well, I don't like that. We should just do this because you're very comfortable with just saying how you feel. That's a value. You're being who you are. So that, that's and being raw. Authentic. Authentic, a feeler, right? But feelers need to also think, okay, maybe should I hold back on that for the moment and give someone else a chance to be a part of this solution or maybe there's another way I can help. And the thinker can then, of course, go before we just go straight to the cold, hard analysis and, well, they, you know, maybe they should think about that before they went and had too many kids or they go, you know what, is there something we can do? Can we maybe sponsor uh, when you're foster? When you're, we're getting deep into solving someone's problem. Maybe this is a prophetic, it's a prophetic session where we're solving someone's problem. But um, there's a whole lot of great stuff here. Now, Linda, we're not going to, we're gonna probably have to save the, the rest of it for a session two. Uh, so Pastor Jeff, hopefully on the outro, you can say they'll be back for, for more. But uh, what I, did you I, want to well, sort of close think, off on? I think the final thing is there's no wrong or right um, personality. Um, everyone, everyone has a bit of each in them. It's it's more about preference. So mm. it's what you prefer. But you're obviously, as I said earlier, not all one thing or the other. No. And I think I think it's about um, wanting to get on with people and having an attitude that that you're not right. So, and well, nobody's right. We all have to just augment mm. and work with each other and um, do our best to get on. Mm. And if, if God's in the mix, obviously in the midst, in the middle, I should say, then mm. um, I think 
that's yeah. something that's not that hard to do. We haven't even, <laughs> haven't even mentioned the Holy Spirit. This is the whole thing. We're, we're taking that God, this, is a, this whole thing is a gift from God. But you're right, Linda, right in the middle of who we are and what we're grappling with, we ask for the Holy Spirit's wisdom. Say, Lord, I, my natural tendency, propensity is to want to speak like this, go to this place, do things like this. Yes, my Linda's pointing to the time. She's, she's pointing to the time, isn't it? But the thing is, we God can actually make what we do even better because he's, he's, he makes all things new. He makes things better. So we will come back. I'd love to talk about how we can flex who we are. So we're still who we are, but we can be what we need to be in any given situation. So uh, let me pray for you and then um, we'll close off and hand back to Pastor Jeff. So Father, thank you for these wonderful people who are listening to our Grow session tonight. Lord, we, we all have great personalities, but we also have areas we know we need to work on, be uh, considerate of others, perhaps just not be so hard on ourselves sometimes, Lord. But we are who we are and you've made us uh, complete and special and perfect in your way and particularly if we just surrender our, our will and our lives to you. So I pray for those that maybe don't know you, Lord. They, they're hearing this and they, they've either uh, not made a commitment to you or maybe they've made a decision to follow you, but they've, just, they've lost their way. They've, they've wandered away and going back to their own, own way of doing things. I pray for them right now that, God, you absolutely have an open arm, the open arms of a father, and you welcome them home. And if you'd like to um, respond to, uh, tonight, um, can I simply put up on the screen there, uh, that if you would put the, uh, the number up, 0488-826-392. If you text that number, the, the three letters, yes, Y-E-S, to 0488-826-392. That's a way of you saying, yes, I do want to commit my life to God. I do want to follow him. I want to commit my way to him. I want him to give me a brand new start. He'll do that for you tonight. And uh, one of our team will be able to send through some, some helpful information, some scriptures to encourage you in your walk. Maybe you're on email and that's yes.metrochurch.org.au. And uh, we'll, of course, love to connect with you. Um, but it's been a pleasure. There'll be more chances to grow together. So thank you, Pastor Linda, for your insights, for being fairly, uh, going pretty easy on me. And we'll be back for part two, perhaps. So back to you, Pastor Jeff. Thanks so much. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, Linda. We're looking forward to part two. Hey, listen, don't get worried if you go, oh, that was just so much and where do I fit? Uh, why don't you consider coming to the SHAPE course that we run here at Metro? The next one's coming up in about a month or so's time from now. And, you know, there, there will be a work uh, time where you can actually dig into that and discover in a very easy way how it is that God has made you unique. And I would encourage you to be a part of that. You know, Pastor Michael also spoke about uh, receiving Jesus into our life. And I never get tired of hearing the amazing stories about how God has worked to draw people to himself. And I know that he prayed with you. If you've said yes to Jesus, I'm real excited for you. I know that it will be the beginning of the greatest time of your entire life as you begin to follow Jesus. Remember this, that he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It doesn't matter if you trip, you stumble. He says, I'm going to be there for you. And I know that the church is a great community of faith that will build you. And we'd love you to be a part of services here at Metro as often as you can, allowing God to build your life. He mentioned the yes text where you send in Y-E-S either to that number 0488-826-392 or if you prefer to get a help via email, then it's yes.metrochurch.org.au. We'll send you the next day after we get your yes, 
We'll send you a Bible verse and a prayer. Fits on one screen of a smartphone, by the way. You get a different prayer and a different Bible uh, verse every single day for 30 days. There's no obligation, no pressure. We won't ask you for anything. We want to be a part of encouraging you in your walk with God. And I know so many people have told me how much impact that yes text had. So send in your yes. We'll start praying for you straight away. And uh, we'll be just excited to see what God does in your life. Speaking about excitement, though, one of the things I still love after all these years, I love giving. I don't just love seeing other people give. I love the opportunity to be a blessing. And I've never had a day where there isn't someone somewhere that I don't have an opportunity to be able to speak to. I don't have an opportunity to be able to bless or to encourage in some way or other. And that's why we always take time in every one of our services online as well to celebrate our giving. Thank you to all those of you who are faithful in your tithes, your offerings, in destiny offering. Thank you so much for that. I want to pray a great blessing over your giving. Can we do that? Father, thank you for everybody who's just expressing their love to you in their giving right now. This is far more to us, the Lord, than money, far more to us than a few clicks of a mouse or a, a few taps on a screen to set it up. Lord, this is our heart into this. We are loving you and loving what you're doing. We believe, Lord, that what we are giving to your church is going to last throughout all of eternity. There could be nothing better that we could invest in than your kingdom. So, Father, bless every home, bless every life, bless every giver, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of that. By the way, if you are a part of this on this last Sunday of September, know that on the first Sunday of October, that Sunday the 1st, we've got Faith, Hope and Love in the evening at 5 p.m. We'd love you to come and pray with us, come and believe God with us, come and worship with us. Then you can stay, purchase dinner afterwards. And there's a fantastic Metro Kids craft program uh, as well on at the same time at 5. And uh, we would just love to see you. God bless you all. And we'll look forward to part two with Pastor Michael Linda.